where two or more are gathered together, that you are in the midst of them. So we know that you are here. I pray, Father, that you would be able to reach out and touch each person that is tuning in or listening this morning, that you would cause them to know your presence, to know your freedom, and that they would be able to move ahead, enjoying life with you. I give you praise, Father, for you are faithful to your word. So we thank you even this morning that you will give me the right words to speak, that I will deliver them in such a way that those that hear them will receive understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. My message this morning is entitled, How Do You See 2021? Well, we want to start off by saying last year was a year that most of us don't have an awful lot of fond memories of. Although we did see God do many many miraculous and mighty things. But a lot of it was because what we were remembering is the things that we didn't have rather than remembering everything that God had given and what God had done. When I started going through some of the testimonies about 2020, we saw or we heard about salvation and everything pertaining to it. There was people that got born again. There was people that rededicated their life to Christ. There were financial breakthroughs, including land deals, business opportunities for other financial achievements. There were healings in both the physical realm and in the relationship realm. In spite of all the turmoil, God was still on the move. What we had to do was train ourselves to see what he was doing even during the COVID-19 clamor and continue to focus on him throughout it all. It is important for us to be able to carefully judge which train of thought we are giving our attention to. It is important for us to not only judge which one it is, but to recognize the difference between the different trains that are going out there. Dietrich Bonhoeffer made the comment, he said, if you board the wrong train, it is no use running along the corridor in the other direction. A wrong train of thought will always take you to the wrong station in life. Now, I wish I could say that this has never happened to me, but it has. I'm driving down the road and I feel a slight lurch. I feel a quick pull towards the passenger side of the car. If my lovely wife is with me, then I'll usually receive some of the greatest spiritual advice that anyone can give. Keep your eyes on the road. Every time this happens, I have allowed my focus to shift from the path that we are on to something besides that path. The keep your eyes on the road comment reveals this basic problem. I am going where I am watching instead of watching where I'm going. Well, the same principle holds true in just about every area of our lives. Whatever we allow to keep our attention will become our destination, whether we like those things or not. The things, the distractions will determine where we end up. Now, I don't want to be in the ditch, but if that's what I'm focusing on, I can easily end up there. Now, this truth might be the main reason that God keeps telling us in his word to keep his word before our eyes instead of our circumstances or the other things that are going around all around us. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Now, Proverbs 4, 2022 backs this up. It says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health unto all of their flesh. 
Now, I know these are very common scriptures. We hear them quite a bit. And yet it is something that I really believe we have not focused on to the point that we need to. We haven't allowed them to settle into our hearts. How do I know this? Because we keep getting distracted by everything else that is not from God, is not from God's Word. Now, there, one of the scriptural examples of getting what you're looking at or is found in the lives of the Israelites, of the children of Israel. God's promise to the Israelites who came out of Egypt was that he would give them a land that was flowing with milk and honey. Now, when they got to the edge of their promised land, their spies confirmed that the land was good. The spies came back and they said, yes, there's great fruit, there's milk, there's honey, it's all there, it's all right. But the problem was that ten of those spies focused on the giants and the heavily fortified cities. All except two of them chose to see the obstacles instead of the blessings. When they focused on their problems, they were taken captive in their own minds, and they ended up staying in the wilderness. Now Joshua and Caleb, the only two that ended up believing God's promise, were also the only two from that whole generation that ever entered the promised land. Numbers 13.6 to 14.24 shares that story. Now if the other eight spies had also focused on God's word and encouraged the rest of the children of Israel to focus on God's promise, they could all have entered in with Joshua and Caleb. They could all have lived and died in their own land for 39 years instead of wandering around and dying in the desert. God presented them with a great opportunity, but they saw the obstacles instead of the opportunity. They focused on their circumstances, on what their natural minds could comprehend, possibly even on what the wise men of the day had to say. And they received death in the desert as their reward. See, the wisest thing we can ever do or learn to do when faced with seemingly insurmountable circumstances is say, this is another opportunity to prove that God's word works. Instead of worrying and letting fear take over, trust God for the wisdom to solve whatever you are facing. Because every obstacle presents an opportunity. Now, if we learn to trust God and start seeing the opportunities as, or the obstacles as opportunities for God to work, it will change our perspective. It will change how we talk, and then it will change how we feel. It will change what we focus on. It will change our destination. So quite literally, it's going to change everything. Now, I've read that when Israel first came to the edge of the promised land, it was inhabited by seven different tribes that were warring with each other. They were so busy fighting and killing each other that there was no unification among them. The spies reported that the land was a land which ate up its inhabitants, but they didn't realize that the tribes which were fighting each other were already depleted in their resources and in their strength. They should have been able to come in and possess the land at that time when God said, I have given it to you. Now, Joshua learned the secret of how to see things that nobody else could see. See, God told him to meditate on the word day and night so that you'll be able to be sure to obey everything that is written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do in the New Living Translation. So seeing that others can't see what is what Paul was referring to when he said to look at the unseen in 2 Corinthians 4.18. See, when everybody else around you is looking at and complaining about the problems and the obstacles, we as believers should really be looking at the opportunities. Let's see the opportunities. Let's see what's available. 
What impossible situations are we facing? Can we see the opportunities there? 2021 has left many of us in a place where we felt that there's been much that have been taken from us. Many liberties feel like they've been stripped. Many of the things that we enjoyed doing we were unable to do. Many people have spent a year complaining about all of the lockdowns and everything else when they should be looking and saying, what does God say? See, the Word of God has not changed just because there's been lockdowns. The Word of God has not changed when there has been these impossible situations. God has still said that He is our God, that He is with us always, and that He will lead us, that He will guide us. God has still said that His Word cannot pass away even though heaven and earth pass away. God has still said that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So as we start trusting in what the Word of God says and start looking for the situations or the opportunities in those situations, we're going to find that it changes something inside of us. Instead of grumbling and complaining and giving ourselves over to the work of the enemy, which, by the way, was part of the trouble the Israelites had, their murmurings, we'll be able to start looking and being thankful for the things that God has blessed us with. But it is going to mean renewing our minds Renewing our minds off of the negativity that we hear on the evening news and looking rather to the Word of God and saying, this is what I choose to believe because my God watches over me. <clears throat> so Joshua and Caleb, they kept focused on the Word of on God's Word and they saw themselves living in the promised land. And eventually, when they possessed the land, as God gave them strategies to remove those that didn't want them living there, they were able to enjoy the inheritance that they had been believing for. Now, a basic faith teaching is that we need to our, see ourselves with what we need. See ourselves healed. See ourselves without lack. See ourselves blessed and based on God's Word. Delve into God's Word to build an image in your heart that contains everything that He says is yours. This means not perverting our own spirits by allowing the other influences to determine what we believe. It means using the Word of God to build His image and then letting Him bring His dream to pass in our life. Now, this is not just positive thinking. It's God's thinking. It's unlimited. It's unfettered. It will bring you freedom. It will bring you access to things that seem like they weren't there. When you start building God's image of yourself into your heart, it's going to give you a boldness to go forward, to step out. To step out on areas that others haven't walked. But it will be following God's wisdom instead of the wisdom that we are bombarded with every day. Well, 40 years later, when Joshua led the next generation of Israelites to possess the promised land, the circumstances still hadn't changed. There were still giants. There were still fortified cities in the land. But Joshua led this group by looking to God's word instead of to the circumstances. When the Israelites crossed the Jordan River, they faced the walled city of Jericho. And God told Joshua, I have given Jericho into your hands. Joshua 6.2. So this generation of Israelites listened to God's instructions and they obeyed him. He told them to march around the city once, every day for six days. Then on the seventh day, they were to march around the city seven times, and the seven priests were going to blow the trumpets. Now when the people heard the trumpets, they were to shout, and the walls of the city would fall down. 
So this group looked to the unseen thing that God had told them would happen if they obeyed his instructions. And when they obeyed, the walls of the city fell down flat. In fact, the Bible says every man walked in straight before him. They went in and they took possession of the city. Instead of focusing on the large walled cities as an obstacle, they saw an opportunity which an unstoppable God had given them by looking at the unseen, and then they went in to take their land. Now when Caleb was 40 years old, Moses promised him that all the land where he placed his foot he would possess. Now 45 years later, Caleb said to Joshua, Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. That's in Joshua 4.12. Now the mountain he wanted still had giants in it, but Caleb refused to focus on the giants. He chose to look at the opportunity of having that beautiful mountain as his possession. He looked at the fruit that was growing on that mountain, and he thought about how nice it would be to build a house overlooking the plains where all of his other relatives were living. He looked at that mountain, he said, that is the place that I want to make home. So even though it's 40 years later, he said, give me this mountain. See, all those years in the wilderness... Caleb had meditated on having that mountain. Forty years of wandering with that group of unbelieving complainers did not change his way of thinking. He was not discouraged because he kept looking at a promise. He saw the situation the way God saw it, and God gave Caleb his mountain. Now, even though it might be difficult, you can receive your promise, your opportunity, if you learn to disregard the voice of all of those that would try to steal your faith. Just because anyone or someone or else cannot see what God has shown you does not mean that you have to allow them to steal your faith. I believe that's why God told them to keep their mouths shut when they marched around the city of Jericho. I can imagine if they had not been told to be quiet that somebody would have started complaining. It's hot. It's so hot out here wandering around this city. Maybe Joshua really doesn't know what he's doing. He's never led this nation before. Maybe Joshua is just taking us on a wild goose chase. How stupid is this march anyway? This march infringes on my rights. We have no right. Joshua has no right to force me to walk. Just because he's the leader doesn't mean he can tell me what to do. And the list goes on. So God told him, he says, keep your mouth shut until after you've heard the trumpets. And once the trumpets blow, yell at the top of your voices, I imagine. Now, sometimes the voices that we hear might be our own failures from the past. It might be our own reasonings, which is why God tells us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. See, Caleb proved that age was not a barrier when you believed God. He was roughly 80 years old, and he still said, I want my mountain. And he went ahead and he possessed his mountain. Now, God created us to rule and to reign in life in 2021. We are not called to be dominated. We're not called to be reigned over, but we are called to dominate and to reign. So Christ won the battle for us by defeating Satan, but we have to fight the good fight of faith, according to 1 Timothy 6.12, to receive the victory that God has for us. Now, the fight is going to involve three basic areas. In the first area, you, have, you, have, you must fight to believe something. See, the devil will do everything that he can to get you not to believe God's word. 
He will throw everything he can at you to tell you that you're being foolish, that God's work doesn't work, and he may even send voices to come and tell you, well, use your own reasonings. But you fight for your beliefs by continually feeding upon what the Word of God says. Now, the biggest area that this is usually is is your image of yourself. Some people think too highly of themselves, but I have found that very many struggle with thinking of not thinking of themselves highly enough. They do not think they are worthy. They do not think they should have it. They do not see it ever coming to pass. So instead of reaching out and saying, God, but your word says, they drop it and they let it lay there. Instead of recognizing that they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, they struggle with their past sins and their past failures. Somehow or other, they seem to think that they have to keep whipping themselves for the things that they have done yesterday. The Bible tells us if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to restore us to all righteousness. So even if we have failed, we come back to God and we say, God, forgive me. If we have to make it right with people, we make it right with people. And then we move on and we say, God, I'm moving forward. I have your word. I have your victory in my heart. I know who you have called me to be, and I'm willing to take that. Second thing is you must fight to say something. When the devil whispers about how impossible your God's given dreams are, take control of those thoughts immediately by declaring what the Word says. But to do that, you have to know what the Word says. Now, personally, I think this is one of the reasons so many people struggle so hard to experience the joy and the peace that God promises. The devil whispers into their ear that they are unworthy to live in victory or they hear from some self-professed expert about some new disaster and they accept that instead. Many people are too busy listening to every voice that contradicts the Word of God instead of listening to God's Word. So instead of doing battle with the Word of God, they end up defeating or being defeated by those fears that have been built into them. There's an old saying that says, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And I wish sometimes Christians could catch a hold of that. Fight fear. See, fear is the devil's form of faith. Faith is believing in God's word. Fear is believing that God's word is not true. So Paul writes to the church and he declares that in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. So will there be things coming in 2021? There will be things coming in 2021. Will there be things trying to divert your attention? There will be things coming trying to divert your attention. There will be reports. There will be news reports. There will be doctor's reports. There will be, and yet God says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. And then the third thing you have to do is you're going to have to fight to do something. It is important that you act as though God's word is true. See, God wants us to act like the victors that he created us to be. He wants us to face every obstacle knowing that he is all-powerful, not cast down, not confeited. Now, I know there are so many different voices speaking, grumbling, murmuring, complaining. I know there are so many people that have so many opinions, and they're willing to share those opinions because they seem to think that everybody's entitled to their opinion. And yet those opinions completely deny what the Word of God says. I know I have even heard Christians, good, strong believers, and they get caught up in the murmuring and the grumbling and the speaking against. 
instead of saying our God is in control, we're going to trust him. See, when God is on the throne, I don't have to spend my days complaining about what I don't have. I can be, spend my days being thankful for all the blessings that he has already given me. I read a little story a week or so ago that just really spoke to me. This old man ended up in the hospital because he was not unable to breathe properly. And they tried different things, and they ended up putting him on a ventilator, finally. And after a day, they felt he had recovered enough, they could take him off. And as he was getting ready to leave, they gave him a bill for being on the ventilator. He looked at the bill, and he started crying. The nurse that was with him, the doctor, whatever it was, started to tell you know, it's okay, don't worry. You don't have to worry about this bill. We have different ways to help you meet these costs. We have different things that we can do. And he looked at him and he says, oh, he says, I'm not worried about the money. I have the money. But he says, I just recognize that for 24 hours, you are charging me just over $5,000 to breathe. I have been breathing every day of my life, and I have never once stopped to thank God for that ability. We need to learn to be thankful. We need to learn to be grateful. To live this year, in the fullness of what God has prepared for us, we will need to watch what is before our eyes. Watch what we allow to come before our eyes. Find God's promises and hold on to those promises with a tenacious faith. Refuse to be moved when the winds of despair sweep across our country. Refuse to be caught up in the strife and in the gossip. And yes, you have every right you know, sometimes I've tried to, people start getting into the complaining, and I'll try to just turn it away gently with the more positive, and they seem to go right back. You have every right to say, you know, I don't want to hear this. I have enough things to battle with without hearing your despair, without hearing your grumbling, and walk away if you need to. Refuse to allow Satan to pull your eyes into the ditch with his stories of gloom and destruction. Fight for God's destiny to be fulfilled in your life. One of the words that we believe that God spoke this beginning of this year was there will be a battle. We have come through 2021, we have learned, or 2020, and we learned some things during that time, and we have learned lessons to help us keep our eyes on that which God is doing. The word from the Lord was that they're his promises that have been given. Now, I have listened to many of the prophets of the day, and they have shared some amazing things that God wants to do in this year. But it's going to mean focus. Focus on God, not on the enemy. Focus on the good, not on the evil. Because when you focus on the good, you end up headed for the good. When you focus on the evil, you end up headed for the evil. So focus on the good. Fight for God's destiny to be fulfilled in your life. I see the year 2021 as a year of unprecedented opportunity. Church, we have been positioned for this day. We can step forward and walk in God's plans in 2021. So Father, I want to thank you that you have given us the ability to receive what you have for us. I thank you, Father, that you are causing each person that is even hearing this word 
to be built up in their faith, to stretch, to reach out, to push forward, to be able to take the fullness that you have for them. For, Father, we desire to see all of our brothers and sisters live in the fullness of your kingdom. We desire, Father, to see those that call upon your name to be blessed in everything they lay their hands to. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.